Jones and Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Flagship home of the Phoenix Suns were tonight at 6.30. It'll be the Suns and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Suns were the first place team in the West. Pelicans were second. They flip-flopped over the course of this week. And, of course, this is the first of back-to-back matchups between the Suns and the Pelicans. And, actually, there's a third in about nine days as well. And joining us right now to talk a little Pelicans basketball, given how well they have played so far to start the season, he is the reporter who covers the Pelicans for ESPN. He's Andrew Lopez, and he joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Andrew, I'm Dave. This is Gambo. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you for your time. Hey, thank me. Thank you guys for uh, for having me. Especially, you know, uh, a big early season matchup. We don't we don't get too many of these. Uh, it feels like too often uh, down here, but uh, definitely got one tonight. Yeah, a lot of people talking about this is one of the biggest regular season games in a while in New Orleans with the first and second place yeah. teams in the West playing each other. But let me ask you this, Andrew. You know, when they did play each other once this year, but that Pelicans team that pushed the Suns last year, that pushed them and won two games against them in a hard fourth series outside of Zion which we all know about what do you think is the biggest difference between that team last year and the team this year you know it's hard not to just also still say Zion but uh because he's playing at a completely different level than I think we've seen him in the past especially on the defensive end uh but I think I'm gonna go with Larry Nance is kind of one of the big difference makers at here. center uh, yeah Larry Nance was playing really probably 18 to 20 minutes in the playoffs. Um, probably got more time there, but he had only had nine regular season games with New Orleans because he had surgery to kind of repair his meniscus. So even when he was in the playoffs, he was kind of getting some of his first time run with some of those guys, right? So it, it was a, a, a tougher get for him at that point. He got healthy over the offseason. He has allowed them to switch on defense so much more than what they did uh, a year ago. And I think in that it's it's almost I think they were at like twenty two percent. Now they're closer to forty um, in certain situations. Thirty eight, I think it was. They they're they're just switching a lot more, especially when he's on the court. I know for sure it's like. 41 or 42 percent when Nance is on the court compared to 18 when JV is on the court. Um, you guys remember as well as I do when they did play last year. That was a, a a spot when JV was in. You know, Phoenix attacked him over and over and over again in the pick and roll. Uh, and I think now if teams do that, he, there is a an option. I've seen games this year where Nance has played 32 minutes and JV has played 16. Uh, they feel comfortable going to Larry in extended time, uh, and that has helped. Obviously, you you know I, a lot of it still is Z, yeah, uh, being back in there. But uh, and then your friend Jose Alvarado, everybody's you know Phoenix's favorite oh, yeah. player, Jose, Jose oh, yes. Alvarado, oh, yeah. uh, has also stepped it up on the on the offensive end this year. Just had a thirty eight point game a couple of games ago. He's actually questionable for tonight with a rib contusion, so we'll see if he goes. But um, I think the play of those two off the bench has been. Uh, been key so far this year. All right, let's talk about Zion. Let, let's you know, let, let's kind of steer, go right into that and have that conversation. He hits, it's yeah. offensively, obviously, he's a force of nature with that, with that ability, with that physical stature that he's got. Defensively, there was always a question about his commitment to that, and I was reading your story this morning on ESPN.com, and it would certainly appear that the Pelicans are getting the most out of him defensively that they possibly could ask at this point. Would you agree with that? 
One hundred percent. And I want to say it's it, it, it didn't even start off that way. I still think he was trying to find himself early in the season, but. We were talking to Nance the other day, and we're just kind of asking, what, what's the biggest difference? And it's, he said it's a care. It's a want to on that side. And specifically in the story you mentioned on ESPN, uh, he talks about Zion buying in on that end of the floor. And you've seen it. You've seen the effort. You've seen Z turn it up on that side of the floor. The, 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 the seals are up. The blocks are up. Um, you know, he's getting a, it seems like he's getting a chase down block a game at this point uh, right now. His his activity is up on that end. It's fueling his offense, and he has just been a more all around player. Remember when he came out of Duke? Originally, there were there were people who talked about him as both. You know, he was this generational offensive and defensive talent. He was supposed to be the game changer on both sides. Um, you know, at one point, I think he was referred to as Draymond Green with rockets up. It's, you know what? Right? That's what he was supposed to be on that side of the floor. And we never got to see that because of the injury. And I think you're starting to see those defensive instincts. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to sit down and, and, and guard, you know, the shifty guards one-on-one uh, for, for many positions in a row. But for what they are asking him to do and putting him in some switchable lineups, he's able to hold his own. And that's why they've been able to kind of take off the way they have. Well, there's just nobody in the league like him. That athleticism, no. and that, that, that combination of size and strength. You don't, you just don't see anybody like that. No, I mean, he's listed what? Six, six, two eighty, two eighty five. I mean, he's, he's basically JJ. Watt. I mean, that's what he is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he's moving around like, not J.J. Watts. Like, he's moving around uh, like a guard out here. We've seen, I've seen him fly. I was watching some uh, – somebody had some, some, a clip of him throwing down dunks earlier, and there was, uh, there was one against Toronto, and I just – he double clutches and, like, flies around. You're like, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you, you remember why. Like, what he can do on that side of the floor and the fact that he's using that athleticism and that care on the other side of the floor now uh, is, is why the Pelicans are in this race for first in the, in, the, in the first place. Look, we see similarities. The Suns got to the bubble a couple of years ago, and uh, uh, they had a great run in a the bubble. They didn't lose a game. Yeah. They almost got into the playing game, and the year later, they're in the NBA Finals. How much do you think just the taste of being in six playoff games, winning a game in Phoenix, winning a game in New Orleans, being tied 2-2, the experience and, and being in games like that, how how much of a factor is that in the Pelican surge this season? I'm going to go back to your first question. Uh, talk about the difference makers it, from this year to last year. It's basically the same team. Trey Murphy is probably the best example of, of that, of what you're talking about here um, in terms of how much that run helped him. Uh, he had a, a couple of good games against Phoenix, but he was, he was really the reason they were able to come back from that double-digit deficit against the Clippers to make it to that series. And Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, all rookies last year, all played huge minutes in that series against Phoenix. And I, I think as a whole, that series helped them. And then, oh, by the way, you know, when your head coach was a part of that Phoenix team sure. that went to the bubble – and went to the NBA Finals the next year. It kind of helps where he can you can draw on that. Uh, not only the fact that he's you know uh, a, a 12, 13 year NBA veteran in Willie Green, but he just went through what you're trying to do right now. Take a team who uh, you know 
not many people thought highly of and immediately get into a championship picture not too long after, you know, they can lean on what he saw. And he's, he's kind of mentioned it. Obviously, it's easy to try to draw those parallels, but I, I think what he has seen so far is uh, you, you lean on him, and it's, it's easy to make that comparison. Last one, uh, And I think the Pel- they're trying to build on that. Last one for Andrew Lopez, ESPN Pelicans reporter uh, there in New Orleans. This has been the most excited that city has been about Pelicans basketball since dot, 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 when? Uh, for for an extended period of time, that's a good question because you go back the the, the seventeen eighteen season when they sweep the Blazers in the playoffs. There was a lot of excitement then, but you don't resign Boogie because of the ACL. I mean, because of the Achilles, and things kind of get derailed. Fourteen uh, fifteen, the end of that season, you know, you you win games late to make the playoffs, led by Monty Williams. And then you fire Monty Williams, you bring in Alvin Gentry, and then injuries never let you reach your potential there. Um, it, it's been a while for sustained success. So, again, to kind of tie it back to Phoenix, I might have to go back to the last time they were first place this late in the season. you got to go all the way back to April eleventh, two 2008, when a young Chris Paul was leading the Hornets to the two seed in the Western Conference. Wow. That's probably the last time it was sustained like this. Oh, by the way, I think Chris might have got robbed of a MVP yeah. that year, but well, that's we, a story for another day. Are we going to hear a Where's Jay Crowder chant instead of a blank Jay Crowder chant tonight at the arena? <laughs> uh, Where's it's, Jay it's, Crowder? I, they may do that. They, they, I will tell you what. You give, you give New Orleans an extra 30 minutes on a Friday night, and uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're going to come up with. Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm worried about a basketball team playing two games in the French Quarter and having an, a, a stay there in between those games, right? Like, I, I make sure – some kind of lockdown in the hotel, you know, so there's not too much going say, on on that Saturday, right? I would worry about it. Where's I would Jake worry about Crowder? it if it wasn't for Monty and Chris Paul. They know. <laughs> okay. And I think during the playoffs, Chris Paul locked them down. Yeah. So I think Chris, Chris is going to know – hey. Everybody in, 11 o'clock, 12, let's go. We're not, we're not playing these games, especially with an early tip on Sunday. Andrew, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on a Friday, especially <laughs> so close to the game. Thank you for the info. Thank you. You got it. Andrew Lopez joining Where's us. Jay Crowder. New Orleans Pelicans reporter from ESPN. Our guest here. Yeah, I've heard of the, the Vegas flu. I've heard of the Scottsdale flu. There's a New Orleans flu. Make sure, make sure that Saturday night is spent in the hotel. Phoenix, please. With two games there.